Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Senator Warnock, good morning. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate you. Uh, let me look. Uh, first, first softball question: How's the campaign going? <laughs> good, good morning, Joe. Yeah. Senator Warnock here. Was that question for me? Yeah, I, I said first softball question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, li- listen, we are uh, six days out from election day in this runoff, and I'm feeling good. And, and, the, uh, yeah, seeing a lot of energy on the ground. Folks are turning out to vote. That's great for democracy. Let me let me throw some issues. And this goes back to uh, on the campaign trail. What do the people, in your opinion, the top three issues? What do the people of Georgia want from their senator in this next cycle? Listen, first of all, I, I just think it's important to emphasize that you can't lead the people unless you love the people, which means you got to know the people, spend time with the people, listening to the people. And folks are struggling uh, as we pull our way back from this pandemic. They're dealing with rising costs, which is why I've had laser focus on this issue. It's the reason why I capped the cost of insulin. What I would like to do as you talk about moving into the new cycle is to get that insulin cap, which I got for folks on Medicare, to people who have private insurance as well. Insulin shouldn't be expensive. It's a 100-year-old drug. Uh, the patent was sold for $1. Uh, I would like uh, to provide a federal glide, glide path to help Georgia to do what it should have done a long time ago, finally expand Medicaid. We've got 600,000 Georgians who are in the health care coverage gap. The bulk of these people work. They're the working poor. My opponent said that if you are well, uh, if you are bi- able-bodied and you have a job, you have health care. So he can't even see the people he says he wants to serve. Most of the people in the gap work every single day. I'd like to try to help them to get health care to enable them uh, to work and to be healthy. And then we've got to keep uh, creating jobs and opportunity all across our state by investing in domestic manufacturing continuing to strengthen our technical colleges and community colleges and vocational schools, along with four-year institutions that prepare the workforce of the future. How does, how does a member of the Senate and, and from Georgia, how do, you, how, do, how do you implement that? Is it, it what, it's grants, it's tax breaks? How do you get well, industry, attract industry to Georgia? Well, we did a, 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 a big part of this work on a bipartisan basis, by the way, when we passed the jobs and competition bill. Uh, In the 1990s, the United States of America made 40% of the semiconductors or microchips. Mm -hmm. Chips are in almost everything Everything. with an on and off switch. So they're all around us. And the supply chain uh, issues that we've been seeing um, are in part because we're waiting on parts and chips to come from other places. And so we decided that we needed to incentivize domestic manufacturing. Why are we waiting on chips from China when we could be making those chips right here in the United States of America? So there are a whole range of things that we can do uh, to incentivize um, uh, domestic manufacturing. There are things we can do to strengthen all of the small businesses up and down the supply chain. 
and I remain laser focused on all of these. You know, it's interesting, Senator Warren. I, I'm I'm smiling because I I just leased a new car, and I realized that mm-hmm. uh, it has <laughs> uh, uh, seats that heat heat and cool, and it, it they, yeah. they weren't working. And the and the guy said that's because the chips haven't come in. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they, you that's know, right. even on something like warming up they're, a. They're, Listen, they're in your washer and your dryer, your yeah. vacuum cleaner. Um, and, yeah, so so when we've been witnessing these rising costs, some of that is related to supply chain, and I've been very focused on that. Look, it's it's a problem, but it's also an opportunity, you know, for, for us to create the, the future that we would want for our children. All right. Now, I, let, let me bring up a current event. As you know, there was a meeting of the leadership at the White House, and this uh, this issue related to a potential avoiding a potential rail strike um what do you think and i've been we've been the last what uh two hours on this almost three now what would you want to see in this bill what would you be prepared to vote for what what are your constituents telling and george is a you've got a lot of rail workers in your state well, let me just say that I hope that we can come to a resolution here and that cooler heads will uh, prevail. I've been talking to folks over at the union. I've also been talking to uh, the leadership at the railway. Um, and we, we don't need a strike. This, this would be devastating. Um, look, I've always been someone who believes in the dignity of work. And I've always stood with workers because I think they should participate and share in some of the prosperity that they create for others. Um, But I also uh, understand the the important role that the railroad industry plays in, in these very supply chain issues we're talking about. And so uh, I'm hopeful that we can come to a resolution uh, where the workers feel whole and industry moves forward. And we strengthen our economy. So, in other words, you, you in in essence, you have to wait to see what's in the bill. We we, we I, I I'm looking to see how we can come to a clear resolution uh, that makes sense for workers and makes sense for our economy. Now, the other issue, the Respect for Marriage Act, uh, your position on that, and. Um, Obviously, I, it's going to go. I, I assume, go, yeah, it's going to go to the president for his signature. There's no such thing as equal rights for some. Um, equal rights means just that, and it is uh, the covenant that we have with one another as an American people: equal protection under the law. And over time, in our country, uh, we have had to have marginalized voices. If it's uh, sometimes people of color or black people women and uh, members of the LGBTQ communities who have helped us to see the ways in which there's a gap between the ideals that we set for ourselves as Americans enshrined in our charter documents, equal protection under the law, um, and, and the reality. And so this is one important step forward, and I'm, I was glad to support it. One of the final questions I have goes back to, as you know, uh, my activism as related to the John Lewis bill. I, I use that as an umbrella term, the voting rights bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm somewhat, you got to help me with the, the math here. Uh, 
and I'm saying this because I, 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 I'm not, I, I tell people, look, I'm a supporter of Warnock. I'm, I'm not a journalist. I don't have to, I, I can support anybody I damn well please. Um, and I'm looking forward to you winning. Um, Thank you. I, and but so if you win that that means there's fifty one that would be fifty one votes is that correct? That's correct. Now the last time around, as you know, we ran into a problem with two Democrats, Manchin and and Cinema. Um, uh, I have had the leader on uh, Schumer said, "Look, Joe." The uh, that that John Lewis, the voting rights bill, that's going to be top priority, one of the top priorities for me. Um, how does that work? Uh, in other words, it, because some people are saying, well, no, you still got a problem, particularly if Cinema and Manchin maintain the same position they, they did the last time around. Can you help us understand the math and, and what it will take to get it passed? Well, I remain committed to passing rights. I remain committed to passing voting rights, and sadly, we didn't get it done in this Congress. Right. But for no no lack of trying on my part, um, when you've got a fifty fifty uh, Senate, you know it it uh, makes certain things difficult, and so. Uh, I'm looking um, at this issue. It's, it's look, our, the democracy is the house we live in, and we've got to get voting rights passed. And so I remain committed to that work. This past week, I had to sue the yeah. Secretary of State, right, uh, um, because they had said that we couldn't have Saturday voting uh, here in Georgia, and so we had to challenge state officials here on that front, and um, we won. Uh, that court case. And as a result of that, early voting began here in Georgia all uh, all across uh, the state last Saturday. By the way, I just want to say to folks who are listening um, that early voting is happening in Georgia right now. It goes through Friday, December the 2nd. And um, it's important that people show up. We're seeing strong voter turnout in Georgia, but we cannot let our foot off the gas. We cannot let up, not even for one moment. Uh, the issues are too urgent. The stakes are too high. The differences between me and my opponent are too wide. And so, uh, again, early voting goes on through Friday, December 2nd. Election day is December 6th. If you're in Georgia and you have a question about your precinct or any issue at all, go to IWillVote.com, IWillVote.com, and we'll help you out. Send me back to the Senate, and I will be a reliable voice, as I've always been, in honor of my parishioner, John Lewis. And uh, and because I think democracy is is so fundamental to who we are, uh, I'll be pushing to getting voting rights done. If we had gotten that voting rights law passed, oh yeah, uh, maybe I would I wouldn't have had to sue the state of oh, Georgia, right, right. Uh, to get uh, early voting this past weekend. Yeah, so so we so the the key, it, it, the key is still we'll know in January. The the key is still whether or not cinema. And mansion hold tight or come come over on our side. I, we don't know is basically what I hear you saying. It, it's a top priority of mine, and I'm going to keep pushing for it. Okay. Look, the last time voting rights was passed in the Congress, it it passed the Senate ninety eight to zero. Right. 
and it was signed into law by a Republican president. Right, right. And so I, I'm not letting anybody off the hook. Okay. That, all right, that, that, and Republicans. That's the answer. Then. <laughs> so yeah, they got to come across over, too. And finally, your comment about where Herschel Walker resides. Texas? Or? I don't know. You should you should ask you should ask Herschel Walker where he lives. Okay. I mean, but I can tell you that he took his homestead exemption. Yeah, he did. In Texas. Yeah. That... Um, last year and this year, after filing uh-huh. uh, to run for the Senate in Georgia, so um, maybe he should have run where he took his tax break, where he says his residence is. But it's hard to know where Herschel Walker is because, I mean, he, he, he clearly has a problem with the truth. I can tell you this. I live in Georgia where I, where I was born and raised and where I've served uh, as pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church for the last 17 years. And I'm committed to the people of Georgia, and I'd be deeply honored to represent them for the next six years. We'll close it out there, and uh, we'll talk. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on The Madison Show. Always my pleasure. Take care. My pleasure, too. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.